this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Oh, sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Californication After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. This is Season 7, Episode 7, Smile. I'm your host, Steve Lemieux, breaking down the episode alongside our favorite hosts, Andrea Skoros. What's up, guys? As well as Roxy Skyer in a beautiful black gown today. Hi. <laughs> and rocking in the booth, we have Phil Spitak on the ones and twos. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're going to be covering a variety of little topics. We're talking about Crow Macy Stew, the writer's room, Hank and Levon, the dentist, and Hank and Julia. But first, let's go ahead and talk about Crow Macy and Stew. So the proposition that costs a million, what do you guys think of this? I mean, it makes sense, first of all, uh, that Marcy would... First of all... I think Roxy said also, I don't know, Marcy shouldn't have been offended by the whole proposition because if someone's offering somebody, another person, a million dollars to have sex with them, that's a pretty high price. And to only have sex with her one time, I think that's a really, really, really good price. I think any girl is going to be slightly offended by... But it it wasn't a complete stranger. That's the thing. It's somebody that she has a history with, a past with, and it's like the fact that he is so sexually attracted to her, even though he's been having sex with prostitutes are gorgeous you know what i mean the fact that he still wants to have sex with her and for one time he would is willing to pay a million dollars i'd me, be flattered let me ask you andreas yes if you pulled out your phone right now and yeah. called one of your ex-girlfriends and said i will pay you a million dollars to have sex with me right now what do you think they would say they'd say i do it for free <laughs> <laughs> i'm just being honest <laughs> I'm just being honest. Oh my god. Okay. Well, Roxy, so as, the female of the group. As the, ol- as the only woman at this table, I can't even believe you just said that. As the only woman at this table, I think that women are too easily offended by things. Um, I, I think it's 
very flattering if somebody offers you a million dollars to have sex with you. You have to think of where they're coming from, um, unless they clearly are trying to insult you and some sign, you know, they're joking or some kind of crappy way. If somebody legitimately says that they will pay you a million dollars to sleep with you, that is a compliment. That's a huge compliment. It's a a very large compliment. You don't take that offensively unless you are a really girly girl, which a lot of girls are. What if you're like a billionaire and then the the girl is a billionaire, like, hey, I'll pay you a million. She's like... A millionaire, only a million. A million dollars is not pocket change to anybody. You know, a million dollars can. Most do a people lot. don't make that in a lifetime. Yeah, so the so fact that uh, even if you time shot. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're the richest person in the world. Everybody can appreciate a million dollars. What you can do with that, I, I just think that it's a lot of money. Um, I, I think that if you called one of your ex girlfriends, not you specifically, because yeah. whatever. But know. <laughs> you know, we already know how that would go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If any, if any one of you guys did that and you were like, I'll, I'll give you a million dollars, I think that if they were the kind of person who would be offended, you wouldn't have called them in the first place. You know, I, I think that – killing the game right now, Roxy. I think that there's no way that you would call somebody who would be offended. I think that Stu knows Marcy well enough to know that she would take this seriously. She wouldn't She wouldn't just think that he was kidding. And she would Marcy, know he's being honest. Marcy's had a, a candy bar eaten out of her ass. So Yeah. I mean, like, what's going to really giant, offend Marcy? Her front bottom. Okay, it was her front, uh, front bottom. bottom. What's really going to offend that girl? Here's what I like about that is that in ter- – not the front bottom part, but <laughs> just in terms of this, I like that she kind of was able to find out on her own. And yet she still gets mad at Runkle for the fact of, like, when a client gets an offer... You, you don't. Can, you have to bring it to him. Yeah, you have to bring it to the client. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with her on that one. What? Um, what? How, I, can you imagine how that conversation would have gone down if Runkle was the one to come to her with that proposition? I don't think he should have come to her with it on the table. I think he should have come to her and said, this is what happened to me today. You know, not what do you think about this? Just, just so you know, Stu's on the prowl for but, you. But look at their, look at their financial situation. Yeah. Just him mentioning that would have, to her, been like he's suggesting it. Yeah. Even if, because it's Runkle, he would like, open to the idea. Because just him mentioning w- would would sound like that. Because Runkle doesn't know how to say things in a way that wouldn't come off that way. Prop- we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Mr. Runkle, too. The fact that he didn't bring that up to Marcy. Marcy, he probably should earn points with Marcy. The fact that he didn't even bring that... Up and but the reason he the didn't table. bring it up to Marcy is because he doesn't want Marcy to go back to Stu. True. Yeah, yeah. because he's scared she's going to fall back for her, uh, which is what would have offended me. I would have been like, you don't trust me enough. I'm not Marcy again. So yeah. I didn't go from one guy to another back to that same guy. But I, I would have said, you don't trust me enough to come to me with this. And, and you would think that I would go do something like that. Do you, do you still think at this point Runkle actually thinks Marcy has emotional feelings towards Stu? I think Stu? he, yeah. Because look, she left worried. Stu who's, you know, better in bed, is more successful, has a shitload of money, and worships the ground she walks on, and she went back to Runkle. I don't who, think it's on the foreground, but I definitely think it's in the back of his mind all the time. Like, this is the one guy that she left me for, you know. Is, well, she she did say that she, you know, she didn't like him, so... She didn't wasn't in love with him. Wasn't in love with him, so, you know... Do you think that's Whether what, or not that's true, I don't know, but if she's saying it, then at the very least, you know, we have to kind of go... That's all we have to go off of at this point. I thought, like, when she 
when she was open to him about like the emotional feelings she had towards Stu and the emotional feelings she has towards Runkle, I think that's what gave him an erection. Do you guys get that at all, or was I? I think that Runkle is so fucked in the head. Like it, the fact that this is what gets him a hard on, which is fine because some people are weird about sex and some things turn you on that you don't realize why they turn you on, but they do. I mean, it happens to everybody. Something weird will happen, and you're like, "Ooh, what just happened?" Um, but this is a very bizarre, especially because every time she talks about Stu, he like shrivels up and dies a little bit so but it's usually about how like he's an animal in the sack right. now it's like i never love Stu so, like i love you i feel like right. he got in a reaction out of that and it's i think that's what he was looking for and that's absolutely so that's that's what i was gonna get to i think that that's the difference you know so it, it definitely wasn't about him thinking about Stu and Stu's big large cock it was him thinking about the fact that she's saying i didn't ever love him and i'm with you that's what I think. He he needed that emotional connection that he hasn't been getting. You know, I hope it's that. But knowing how crazy this show can get and how, like, how terribly they treat Runkle and, like, what he's into and, like, the thing. Like, of course, like, last season with the whole gay thing and Grinder and yeah. stuff. I'm just, there's a trend in L.A. going around. It's not really, like, in L.A. only. But it's a trend that people have been getting into because. Watching other couples have sex. Watching other people have sex with your wife. Yeah. So, like, people. Yo, what people, are you talking about? It's it's no that exists. I never a, I had never heard of it till like maybe a year or two ago, and then fetish, I was like, "What yeah. the fuck is that?" And then bam, it's like a fetish where guys will pay men to have sex with their wives and let them watch something out of watching their wives get pleasure and being on the end of just like yeah. watching it. It's, it's like awesome. watching porn with your wife in it. Basically, it's I think it's called cuckolding or something like. I that. I don't know. I saw but it on like, the show Juglos. Yeah, it's pretty popular. Yeah, it's it's been in TV series recently with like the situations, but like I could see them because it is kind of in the new day trends like them doing that to Runkle if that was what got Runkle I don't think Runkle is like oh, has a solid terrible, enough though. foundation to watch another man rail Marcy especially somebody who's as big as but at the same time Stu. like just who knows, talking yeah, about yeah. it was what yo has Runkle ever been able to hold like he always comes after 30 seconds like, always like I'm trying to think of any time where that wasn't the case like are they trying to get to a place where they have great sex or are they just trying to get to a place where they can have sex I don't know Mar- yeah, Marcy's just like... trying to get an orgasm I mean that's that's ultimately what I like how she kept grinding after he already came yeah. <laughs> she like, oh, no. <laughs> she's like trying to get something out of it I don't know. She must really love this guy because he's not Aww. pleasing. I think he, I think she has to. I thought it was funny. I, I think Stu was coming from a nice place when he offered her a million dollars, but then he kind of threw up and threw it in her face and said, "Well, I want to give it to my favorite charity, and you're my favorite charity." I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> if I was a girl. I wouldn't want to be compared to. But it it's as Marcy, a so I think she kind of liked that. I think that's like their kind of romance. But I don't know. I think he, I think he takes it too far when he gets into like pathetic stew, and he's like, "Oh, just." Can I smell you? How much to smell you? Like when yeah. you, when he starts saying how much, yeah, saying that's basically okay. Now he's basically he's established the price as a million. So now yeah. what can he go down from that to get? Yeah, I thought it was interesting how they set it up where she went to him for a loan. It seemed kind of bizarre to me, what? and and the fact that he supposedly loves her, but he would never give her a loan. What did they need the loan for though? Did you, was she specific? Are well, they, we've been uh, known they know they that they no can't money. even pay rent yeah. next month. Okay, and All I don't right. think. I don't think Charlie's lying to Marcy about their financial situation. No, I think they both not. know it pretty well. I don't know. I it's... like how Runkle's being proactive about it, and he's looking for other forms of, you know. Yeah, what do we, well, what it kind of fell in his lap. What do we think of Crawl coming Krull's back? Crawl's interesting. I like, I like, because it makes sense. Like, a lot of people love the whole rock and roll stories and yeah, the crazy really stuff. Yeah, well, I feel like. I mean, you talk about, like, is it Studio 56 or whatever, the bar in New York? Studio 51. Studio 51? Yeah, I think it's. And, like, 
Anyone who was around in the heyday of that bar. No, 56, yeah. Is it 56? Yeah. I thought oh. it was 56, yeah. I'm going to get yelled at. The heyday of Studio 56. Like, I'll meet people who have been like, yeah, I lived in New York like 30 years ago in the heyday of that, the Rolling Stones. Like, yeah. they've seen Keith Richards doing cocaine off so-and-so's ass with John yeah. Lennon watching and freaking people in the other corner. Like, there's crazy stories about that place. Yeah. So just imagine a guy who is basically Bam- the silent watcher. It's like it's like the butler yeah. with, like, rock and roll sex and drugs. Yeah. It's like the fly on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but Marcy did have the great point of like, how much do you think that's actually going to make us? Eh, not You're a lot. right. It's not a lot. So, as it, you know, as we're watching it, and it is interesting, and especially with how many bands he was, uh, you know, kind of involved with and whatever else, and then now he's got this to, to add to his repertoire, memoir, you know, ultimately, how much are you going to get for it? I don't know. I, I think that. He is very lazy with his work. It kind of fell into his lap. It, I, I wouldn't consider it proactive necessarily. Yeah, he has an ear for it, but you know, he, he hears something from across a room and he always, he'll go running like that. He, he waits for things to kind of fall in his lap. It's not like he went out, started looking everywhere. He was drinking at a bar. He was wasted midday. All of a sudden he sees somebody he knows who starts telling him stories and he, and he sees money signs. He's looking at like a get rich quick. Spin. Yeah, absolutely. That's just your uncle though. Of course it is. But Love he's it. at that point in his life where desperation, like, you know, like, like he's desperate, so he's looking for the fastest, easiest, quickest way to get. But money. I can I can appreciate that to the sense that like, as a producer, you got you got to find like those opportunities and take them when you see them. Like if mm-hmm. you see something, like the other day I was talking to somebody about like one of our friends who is just in this situation, and I looked at it and I was like, you know what, that's messed up. But wait a second, there's a show in that. Yeah, you just got to like look at it, and, and it doesn't. You're not. I'm not going out there and like looking for show ideas. But when you see something, you got to be the one to realize. Yeah, there's something in this. There's there is a possibility for for money in this. There's an opportunity yeah. in this. So I think that's. I think Ruckel is more of that mindset because he's never been one to do it, and especially like he hangs out with Hank. Like situations just fall on them. Usually yeah. bad, but I mean, it's kind of interesting to bring Crow back in this fashion because that's. I mean, that's pretty good writing on Tom's and, part. I mean, it shows you that he's seen some interesting things. Just him walking in on Runkle and Marcy. I mean, that's just him being in the right spot God. at the right time, I guess. You knew that was going to happen, though. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you saw the door open in the background, you knew he was going to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, something I didn't know that was going to happen, though, I thought that this was going to be an opportunity for Hank to write Kroll's memoir. Um, I thought Kroll's going to be like, I have all these stories and... Uncle's well, that's like, not well, off the her. table either. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's... yeah, I'm not saying it is. I just I now that he has all of these pages on pages, and, yeah. and it looked like Grunkle was looking at them pretty seriously. Um, I don't know. I just always like to get Hank involved as the writer. What, do you, what, what were you expecting for Crawl when his reason was, to come back here was when he's just like, you know, I found my lost love too. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you mean? What were we expecting? I like, mean, like when you first saw Crow, like what were you expecting him to say? Like I don't know. I think it was an interesting poll by Tom Capinos. Like what I never would have expected to see him again. You know, I thought he might have gotten fired or something. Yeah. Why is he bartending? Like overseeing Atticus or yeah. uh, whatever Atticus. Here's the thing. Is I think I think him and Hank. I, I think he can actually, ironically, mend Hank the best. You know, especially given, you know, this certain life choice. So I, th- I think it's going to be interesting once Hank and him actually talk. Yeah. What do you mean mend Hank? Well, I mean, he's, he's been through messed up stuff, too, and he's kind of, like, he coming down really to on that level. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Phil? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, they're kind of both in the same situation, whereas, you know, unfortunately for Crawl, he can't have the love of his life because the love of his life is dead. And so it's kind of poetic where perhaps Crawl has to live vicariously through Hank so that way Hank can get the love of his life back. 
which I know we're going to talk about in a minute, but I I still think it's Karen, and I I think it's going to work out. And I I think the two of them, you know, I I think Kroll can really nurture Hank. So involving Stu, they kind of dropped the Goldie storyline. So do you think we're going to see Goldie come back in a crazy aspect? Didn't we? uh... She wasn't in the... Even in the writers, she room. wasn't even in the writers' room. So, yeah. are we guessing that she got fired? Like, oh yeah, she's definitely gone I mean, after they, that. They do this at his show. house. They drop Melanie. We didn't see her. The uh, and we're not yeah. going to see her. Yeah. So it's a possibility. Do you think? Well, well, she was so manic depressive. Do you think we'll see like Goldie involved with Runkle, like capturing, like putting him in a bad situation? Oh, you kind of like, taking revenge out somehow? Like similar to the feminist woman with Hank. I mean, just in terms of. Uh, Marilyn Rice Cubs, I don't understand how she possibly could be filmed, done the entire season, you know, with her being on Arrested Development and then being on 24 and then Californication all as a regular. Like, I, I don't see how she could have gone through an entire season of filming. So I don't think we'll see her much. Okay. Um, but if, and she had a million other projects. The, the woman's like the craziest working actress of all time. So I think she probably signed on for the first half of the season and maybe will appear again in the finale. Like you said, some revenge type thing, a funny way to wrap it up. Uh, but I, I don't see her being on the rest of the show consistently. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move ahead to the, uh, writer's room then. Where, of course, because we didn't see Goldie there, we see new, new dude. What's his name? Alonzo. Alonzo. Alonzo's the black guy. Hughes yeah. the Mr. Cool guy. Hughes the what Mr. is the cool. definition of a gangbang? I really want to know. A gangbang is multiple people having sex with one girl. Multiple men having sex so with one it, girl. So I'm, I'm assuming that it's a writer's term for everybody's got to pull in and get the knockout one script. Bang out one script. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised the, uh, the anti-rapist... <laughs> Didn't Terry, say anything, didn't, yeah. yeah. yeah did, Terry let that one slide like four times. Gangbang was thrown out there. It must be a writer's room term. It, like, it must be a known term that we just don't know about. I'll ask my roommate about it later. Gangbang, yeah. Why don't I look it up? Yeah. And I think it's just Tom Capino's making fun. <laughs> That's my guess. So they're, they're going to have to have a gangbang because Julia has backed out from the script. Levon has called in sick and... Apparently, Hank is trying to play the cool guy in the script. You know, just throwing that out there. Because uh, Wrath is really pissed off. Super pissed off. Yeah. I mean, I'd be upset if I was Wrath, too. Yeah, for um, somebody who I think has every reason to fire every single person in the room, he really does a good job keeping, keeping it everything it, together. Yeah, keeping it together in terms of, like, he realizes that Hank is very talented. And mm-hmm. personally, he might be a shithead. But he's he very strong writer. writer, writer, right? So when you can keep the business and personal relationship separate like that, I can respect that. And even when he was really, really upset with Hank, he still didn't really say anything bad about his writing. Right. And then after it all was said and done, he said, "You know, you're actually a really good writer. Yeah, it's really good writing." So. It's interesting how that works in this industry. If you're a total asshole, as long as your work is good, yeah. you're good. I don't understand what just happened. Um, that? that was an ad playing as I was yeah. looking up a gangbang. Oh. oh my god, what are you on YouTube looking up gangbangs? <laughs> Gang- <laughs> no, Pornhub, gangbang. Gang bang. It sounded like a sneeze. Booyah, balls at your ass. I was like, that's a weird sound effect that we put balls at your ass. Jesus, God. But no, like, it, like in this industry, you can be an asshole. I mean, people yeah. aren't going to like you, but they'll work with you if you can still do the work. If they, if you can not. I feel like that's well. a lot of industries where money's involved. I mean, if you're if you're coming to the table and you're doing what you have to do, and you're bringing the studio money, and people, you know, you're bringing the viewers ship in and stuff like that you can be an asshole whether it's law or writing or whatever so. well i hear it a lot with like directors in the industry like michael bay is one yeah. that everybody talks about how when he's on set he's such an asshole to everyone he'll fire people like this but yeah. then the next day 
the people he fired are back and it's mm-hmm. like continue work as usual. It's more just like everyone just got you got to be able to let it go at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we, Hank decides to go check on Levon to see why he isn't at work and Levon just needs a me day. He's having a me day. I, I feel like every day I need a me day. Like who doesn't want to get high in their room all day long? And his boxers. With the four foot bong. Well, yeah, seriously. Smoking by himself. Um, and his mom's like totally chill with it. Badass. I love his mom. I think she's so great. I know you do. I think, I think her and Hank are a great couple. Fantastic couple. Can we, In fact, best couple ever. Can we hold together. off on this? Are we here yet? No, we're not there yet. Because <laughs> Rex is going to explode. You don't want to unleash the beast. Let's just keep this table intact. Don't break it, please. All right. Because um, I know I'd be the one cleaning it up. So, <laughs> um, quick note. We get we get the scene with Hank and the yoga guy. They get in a little tiff over Karen. Yeah, Hank gets in two fights. Yeah, and then, of course, Hank goes to the dentist to see Julia. Oh, that's all we're going to talk about, the yoga guy? Like, do we need to talk about? I think more it was. Yogurt? I love how they they, they uh, choreographed that fight scene with the balls and the <laughs> and then the coffee. Because Hank's not a fighter at well, all. Well, the guy's not a fighter. Yeah. And he like hits him in the and face. The yoga, and it's like the the yoga guy is supposed to be all zen like, like a kangaroo. And he's the one that kind of instigated. He pushed him at first, and then he punched him, and then it was just a really funny. I thought it was a comical scene, and then he takes his coffee. You know that Hank could knock a guy out though. Like yeah. when we see that at the end, like. Yeah, no, he can. What did you guys think about when Karen's like, I'm not heart- heartbroken? What did you guys think about that? Do you think she's at all over Hank? No, she's not. She's not over She thinks, I she just, likes him. Are we going to get into that? Because, like, the thing about Karen, I love Karen to death, but their relationship is just so flawed. Yeah. Because Hank is kind of one of those move forward, you know, the past happened, but move forward. Mm-hmm. Karen's like, move forward, but carry all this baggage from the past. She, so every time she decides, like, okay, I'm just going to keep going with it. She just decides, oh, let me think about this and bring all this crap back from the past. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, she's put up with a lot of shit. Like, I know, but it's just like one of those things. If she's going to be with Hank, she needs to she let it go. Him, he does something else. But she needs to know that's who he is. Like, she, that's the thing. I feel like she who thinks, he is is somebody who will fuck everybody he wants to. Like, she's not okay with that, obviously. She's like almost like every time she talks to him, she's got this little smirk on her face. Like she's like, you know, has a crush on him still. Do you notice that? No, Whenever I, they have a scene together, she's always kind of smiling. Well, yeah. Like, yeah well, okay. She loves, she's totally head over heels in love with him. And I think she's accepted him for who oh, he is and all his so flaws. Far from that. And I think she's trying everything she can possibly to get over him by going out with a yoga instructor and going out with all these people. But at the end of the day, she, she, she can't help it. She, she loves Why him, do you guys think that? I just think their relationship is too flawed for them to be together. I think she they love each other, but it's just not going to happen. She cares more about him than he cares about her. Why do you think that? Oh, my God, I disagree. You think she? You think he cares more about her? I think they care about each other equally. No. I actually speak louder than words. How are you going to just you know sleep with another girl if you really, really, really care about you somebody don't think you and you're trying to work her. it? Not as much as she cares about him. Oh my god! I think he's in love with the concept of having. I think he loves that the one fact person that, she, that he loves. Yeah, I think she lo- he loves the fact that he knows she's always going to be there. No, I think she's, she's going to be like the ace in his back pocket. That she's he's she's his anchor. And like, it's nice to know that somebody out there cares about you all the time. And I think Karen cares about him all the time. And I don't think he cares about her all the time. And if he wow. did, he has a weird way of showing it. I think it's definitely the latter. I think he has a really weird way of showing it. But really, if somebody really, really wants to be with someone, they're going to put in a little bit of work. He's not putting in any work at oh, all. Oh, he totally is putting in work. How? Going over there. He, it's, it's definitely disrespectful to go over there and throw a check at her. But that is his kind of work. That's what he thinks she wants. It's 
obviously not, and he sucks about he, some stuff. He wasn't trying to buy an apology. He wasn't trying to buy forgiveness at that point. I think he was finding an excuse to go see Karen. Of course, but it's insulting. I don't think he was meaning it His that way. His ego was bruised when he saw the yoga instructor. Right. For he, sure. yeah. he wasn't meaning it that way. But I he's think used that he's to just, win. He is absolutely in love with her, and he will do anything. Aww. I think he's used to winning, and he doesn't like losing, so he doesn't like the thought of that he's going to lose Karen just because of his ego. But all his the, ego is so big. All it's, the times he, he's with girls and the guy will come back into their lives and he's like, all right, whatever, go have fun with that person. I, I don't think he gives a crap about winning unless it comes to Karen. There's some people – There, I mean, everyone has that person though. That there's sometimes, like, even if you're not, like, together with somebody, yeah. you've been with them and you still don't like seeing them with other people. Yeah. And then you'll, then you'll, like, sleep with somebody and you'll be seeing somebody for a little bit, but you know, like, that you're kind of, like – give or take you don't really care that much yeah. you know you, you enjoy their company you like having sex with them but like you're, you're like you're not emotionally invested at all mm-hmm. yeah like everybody kind of has that situation i feel like hank is like that in the respect that like he enjoys the company of other people like he enjoys getting to know people and he's just so witty and flirty that things lead to other things he's not even putting that much work he's and just then it's himself. just i mean it's rude to turn somebody down once you've been flirting with them for a while but he doesn't really even realize <laughs> i mean you know in a way like he's just being polite fine i'll let you blow me <laughs> i mean hey it's like he's hey you give good kid well i mean i guess I'll, I'll go ahead and go down on you real quick it's my good servant my good deed mm. for the day i mean it's it's kind it's a flawed goodness like you yeah. see he sees the beauty and everything in, in all these women and stuff like that but it's like it's a blow to their confidence if you turn them down yeah and i feel like he thinks in like a such a weird mindset that he's not really expecting the consequences because in his mind it's like I mean, I wasn't emotionally invested. I was, you know, making her feel good. Yeah, true. I mean, that's the that's the Hank thing. Roxy disagrees with me wholeheartedly. No, no, I, I don't. I think he's a people pleaser. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the day, that that's what it is. Um, but I, I feel differently about his feelings for Karen than you guys do. But I don't feel differently about what you just said. I, I agree. Okay. That's what he's doing. He's trying to make people feel good. So Hank goes to the dentist on Julia's side. And is like, hey, you should come back and be an actor again. And then the dentist is like, I'm going to be big man on town. Let me speak to you in my office real quick. Yeah, that was a, he, You can see he was like play. so smug. He was like, yeah, I'm being he, the he big looks, man he right like here. He a sociopath. Like, yeah. creepy as hell. He was absolutely creepy. And it was such a weird play to call him into his office. It was a power trip, though. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's, he was thinking was. that, like, I'm in control of this I'm man. sitting behind my big desk in my office. I'm like, who says that? Who says, I didn't want to be an astronaut. I wanted to be a dentist and date some bust, busty blonde dental hygienist. Like, Marry some busty blonde uh, hygienist. Yeah. It's just like... Ew, and, do, and stay away from Andreas, the office. Andreas, do me a favor. Just yes. stay away from the office. Yeah. Right. Thanks, oh, bud. Yeah, no problem. And I love Thanks that on. Hank was like, all right. You know, instead of being like, no, I'm causing an issue then. He was like, all right, whatever. And then he shows up like yeah, what, an hour later. later. Yeah, exactly. He obviously doesn't take that guy seriously. Of course not. Oh, who would? Who, yeah, seriously. Like, that guy would look. I, I love the casting on him. They cast yeah, him. Perfectly. They cast him very, very well. With yeah. his crazy hair. and like, he had, like just, long hair, but he was still bald. Yeah. You can, <laughs> yeah. He looked like Krusty the Clown a little bit. Like. The, in a way the, absolutely or dr dan what was his name dr, dr. Dan. dan dr, dr. Dick. dan dr daniel but you can call me dr dan yeah so levon's of course back still smoking a bear smoking a bear and uh what college reference yeah. and then um so like all right well he's a dick he's a creeper let's go get him out of there yeah okay what are you guys thinking about hank and levon's relationship though so tonight he's like levon's talking about how the mom's so upset and then he'll go and live with hank and all the stuff he says um she thinks i lost my morals she doesn't realize i never had any in the first place 
is he just trying to impress Hank with this? I think or he's looking he actually for a, yeah, I think he's looking for best BFF. Like, I think he's looking for best friend. I don't know. Is I don't, that inappropriate? I don't Hank think he had morals in the first place. I think it's God's honest truth. I mean, look at Levon's character. He's 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 like the outcast. He's a social outcast. He doesn't really like connect with people very well. So of course he's going to be kind of going into like the darker the- side of things. He's probably. On his laptop looking at porn 24-7. Yeah. And the fact that he's willing to just jump ship and leave his mom who's been there yeah. forever to, like, go hang out, live with his dad. First of all, he knows how much that would hurt his mom. And the fact that he would just say that and entertain that thought, that kind of shows you. Well, I think he's also, he's, he's over 21. He's, like, trying to, you, you got to leave the nest sometime. Yeah, but just, if you're leaving your mom's nest to go stay with your dad who's only been in your life for a short amount of time yeah I mean, that's kind of a slap in the mom's face was it foreshadowing tonight when uh hank says not that we've gotten a paternity test done yet but i'm just going along with it like i'm the father yeah it's we, the first time we've actually acknowledged it. Yeah, yeah exactly and Do i feel you, like that shows you like he has to have feelings for julia because if he didn't have feelings for julia i think he would have gotten the paternity test but the fact mm. because then it's like well i don't want like he somehow wants julia in his life I just think it's so. I just think there's. It's a moot point to think that they're that he's not his son, just because Julia's not the kind of person who would That's do it. that. And That's it's it. like, if, I mean, he'd have more reason to doubt it if like nine months later she had come to him, right? But the fact that it's twenty one years later and she's like, no, I just didn't want to involve you in this, right? She's not asking for child support. You know, the kid's over eighteen. Like, there's no, there's no bad faith. It's right. all in good faith. The fact that and she this doesn't happened. seem like like an overly promiscuous person, but we don't know her like. 21 but she's ago. so naive i i don't think she'd sleep with really anyone that much that often wait what show are you guys watching that she doesn't seem like an overly promiscuous person when we see that she goes on this like yeah, ra- she's ride a, she's naive though with um hashtag and with rick she's going on dates and yeah, with hank has like, she hooked up with any of them no and she says that's I, promiscuous I, to I'm, go on dates no, with all these people just, in the same that's just being naive like no well, maybe he wants to be my friend or maybe it's yeah, it's naive. Oh my it's, god, the way you guys view women is priceless. No, it's not viewing women, it's viewing this character and how they're portraying this character in that when Hank tells her that they want to sleep with her, she says, I'm not, and she tells them, like, I'm not going to sleep with any of you guys, I'm not going to allow you guys just to be inside of me just for being nice to me. Yeah. I'm not saying that she's an absolute whore, but she definitely has round around been around. And the like, fact that she, she wants to be an actress, and she's a dental hygienist, and she has an opportunity to be on a show, get paid really, really well, and she's not she just quits and says, I'd rather be a dental hygienist. I do like the juxtaposition of, of like, you know, I want to be in an industry where people don't have, want to sleep with you to give you a job. Yeah. And the, the reception is like, yeah, that was funny. And because of course, like when you look like Heather Graham, everyone wants to sleep with you, no matter what job you're taking. Oh, it's, people it, want it to sleep with I know, but it, me. It, it is kind of like a, it's a curse in some ways. Because it's like you're oh, never you're my least favorite kind of person right now. Don't <laughs> don't give the curse and a blessing it, 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 speech. I know it's kind of it's, it's a hard life for you. We know. No, 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 not for me. I'm talking for for like a character like Heather Graham. Nobody um, is ever gonna see beyond the fact that she's beautiful and she probably has so much more to offer. But when, all these guys are falling in love with her and they're gonna. It's just like she doesn't like you know. It's not true though. You know, in the industry, like you think about somebody like uh, Charlize Theron, you know, who's one of the most gorgeous women in the entire world, and she plays monster, which is like the ugliest, most hideous creature of all time. The, there are women that can break this mold. Heather Graham specifically has been going for these roles of the beautiful. No, one. I'm just talking about her character, like her Julia. character. Oh. Yeah, you know, I'm talking about Julia. Like you know, she's. 
Like, welcome to the real world. You're pretty. People are going to try to... sleep with you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's like, that's... I mean, sorry to say, that's how the world works. I mean, if you ever watch the show Mixology, it's kind of funny because there's a character in that who's the bartender mm-hmm. who he's like, he's like this really good looking guy. And they talk about how he wanted to be a musician, but people just kept get putting him in like in front of a camera and like taking his clothes off, giving him photography. And yeah. he plays a song and it's terrible because his whole life, everyone been telling him it's great. Like everything yeah. he does is great. Yeah. So it's just kind of, it's like interesting. Like, hey, you're good looking. You got to learn to deal with it. Like, yeah. sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of getting used to it now, guys. What's, what's, what's it like? Dude? No, I hear, I hear a lot of actors give that speech though, or characters give. They're like, it's hard, you know, being being so beautiful is. I think Zac Efron was the last one who said it or something, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't even with you. But he's hilarious now. I like yeah. where his career went. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that, but whatever. I just think. Did you that see Neighbors? Cool. I didn't see. Not yet. Awkward moment was great. Yeah, I did. And if you want to learn more about it, you check out our Anatomy of a Movie. Quick plug for At anatomyofamovie.com yeah. or on Twitter at Movie Anatomy. Is that affiliated with AfterBuzz? Yes, it is. Oh, cool. Our own, sister network. Our own Roxy Star and Phil Svitek are part of it. Word. All right. So, of course, we get this scene where he proposes to Julia right in front of everyone. Awkward. And it had the ring in his pocket. She's like, we haven't even been on a date. You yet. know, he's had that ring with him for like years and years and years too. It's what terrible. What do you think the chances that she would have said yes? Like, it had Levon not been there and Hank not, you know, if the situation had gone okay, is there any way she would have said? She was entertaining the thought I know. for a second until Levon. He was like, like and I want to be. Yeah, he he like lost his temper with Levon and talked about God. being in his home and son. <laughs> Don't talk to me that way, son. <laughs> he's crazy. He's crazy. probably one of the crazier characters of the season. And she's done. Like, it seems like she's probably done. Dude, it's... Right? She's not going back there. Oh, yeah. I think she's done with that. Yeah. That's... Well, now she's going to be a working actress. But, I mean, how? like, her character's not that big. It's a pretty minor role, isn't it? Well, if they had to rewrite the entire script for her not to be in it, then... That episode, though. Even she's... then. Yeah. If you have to rewrite an entire episode and you don't have time to recast just a woman... Yeah. I'm worried about Julia's yeah, job security. <laughs> just a woman. <laughs> I will write her a check for a million dollars. <laughs> right now does she have to have sex with you or Heather Graham uh, we have an offer here from Andrea Scordos uh, just to I can't be in my pronounce presence. your last name Scordos Heather's Gordos it's got a ring to it there you go yeah there you go. is she so. married I don't know Um, it was kind of okay I don't know this This is slightly off topic but like we've had we had like this guy recently in the news in LA and Southern California somebody did a drive-by shooting and killed like seven people yeah and this kid had released a video Mm-hmm. of himself just talking into the camera for six minutes for like six yeah. minutes of him and it reminded me of this dentist guy and it reminds me of like and I'm scary just, it was really scary because the kid's talking about like you guys don't love me you don't think i'm attractive like being, being a virgin yeah being a virgin stuff Never and it was been kissed yeah and it was scary you know well somebody the- who doesn't see reality for what it is you know saying like one minute you you love somebody and the next minute you hate them and you're gonna kill them because they didn't want they had a boyfriend or whatever i i get what you're saying this dentist guy he wasn't seeing what was in front of them he was like we have this chemistry we we have this obviously you're gonna be my wife and she's like in what planet are you like what are you talking about i like working for you so scary some people don't actually see what's going on psycho people who can't read other people that's like that's bad that's yeah. that's, a, that's like a disability. Absolutely. The fact that you can't read when somebody's turned off or upset, they just can't read it, and it's crazy. I don't know how these people get through life. It would suck to be an attractive girl in L.A. Honestly, like, how do you do it, Roxy? Like, it's got to be kind of difficult at times. We had people working at Chili's. We had people who'd offer our waitresses like 
Okay. Yeah. There we go. Please return at once. Thank you, Phil. So, of course, they get in a fight. Phil, Phil is protecting Roxy. <laughs> they get in a fight. He knocks no. out his tooth. <laughs> he knocks out the dentist's tooth. And finally, like, he deserved that shot. The yoga teacher didn't really deserve anything. Like, maybe a little coffee on his yeah, shirt. No, but the, the yoga teacher deserved it because Hank's like, you don't even, I'm I'm the father of her child. You don't tell me to leave the house. Like, yeah. back off. You're not, you're in the wrong place. But it's not his house, though. He just kind of stormed in it. Yeah, but it's not the yoga teacher's house either. But he was invited, though. That's the difference. Doesn't mean you're you're a guest. You're not. Supposed and he was just, to, yeah. he was sticking up for the girl that he's probably you know. It was like whose dick's bigger at the, that point. Yeah, like it was it. a pissing contest. But I think the dentist deserved a punch a lot more. Yeah. Than, I mean that guy's a creep. He made fun of Levon. He called him chubby. That ain't cool. That ain't cool. We love and, Levon. And he knocked out his front tooth. So I'm loving Hank and Levon's bond, and they high five. They're like, still got it. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. So I don't think we'll be seeing the dentist again. Or no, his... unless he, like, is some sort of lawsuit or something against them. You're an animal. He Damn was a good right character, though. He was an entertaining character. Yeah, he was. I, I appreciated him. And so now what we've all been waiting for, Roxy's favorite scene of the show. It, it just, the like, in, it, ma- it makes me into the young, like, crazy white girl that I am. Where I can't even right now. Like, I just can't even. Um, Steven always makes fun of me for that. But whatever. I just, this... I, I can't. Like, I, I don't know how to feel. and You literally can't. I just can't. Um, I, I'm obsessed with Hank and Karen. I love them so much. They are end game. And if this, I've said it from the beginning, I'm going to be very, very upset if Californication does not end with Hank and Karen together. That being said, I didn't hate Hank and Julia. They obviously had sexual chemistry. That was unbelievable. Like, the tickle fight turning into that kiss. That was the most chemistry I've seen. Like that was Hank sexy with any hell. girl. Probably but, the entire series. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Hank have that kind of chemistry with any yes, girl? Yes, with Karen, Karen all the time. All but of here, the time. Here's the kiss of death. She said, "You remind me of a time of irresponsibility, Ooh. or whatever it is." And here's that. It's just the kiss. It's not going to work out because she's she's going to go down a bad road. Karen's been down that road, and she knows it all too well. Hank really is irresponsible, and it's never going to work out. Sorry, boo. I mean, it would be cool for them to work out. I, I just, I don't think Hank's gonna end up. I think Hank will end up by himself. Yeah, probably. Do you guys remember back in the day though, seeing the flashback episodes of Hank sitting at his typewriter with Karen in New York? Yeah, yeah, and they're sitting there, and when she finds out she's pregnant, and you know he's writing the letter and taking, and all these years now that they've been in love and he's always like, well, it's the mother of my child and always says these things to justify. But had Karen never have gotten pregnant, I don't know if that relationship ever would have stuck. Mm-hmm. So now that there's another mother of his child, I think it, it makes him confused. Julia can have been the Karen had Julia... Had Julia been like, hey, by the way, I have your kid and it happened before Karen, yeah. you know? It could have, the roles could have been reversed. It could, it could have been. I think the series ends with Kank leaving California. Going back to New York, getting back. I don't even know if it's New York. I just think it's not California. If he ends up with Karen, it's them out of California. New York fornication. New York, New York, New York fornication. I don't see a spinoff. I don't know why we're both putting the foreign in. I think it's just because there's a lot of fornication in New York. Uh, (laughs) New York occasion. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I just. I well. I mean, you know, they're not going to do a spinoff. So, like, I think the series ends with them leaving California. I, I don't know exactly how it ends. I know that I need. Uh, Karen to end up is in his life um, romantically. I'm I'm so obsessed with them as I think that there's this thing about always going back to that one person. But this Julia thing is really throwing me for a loop in a way I didn't expect. 
I liked Hank and Maggie together for the time being, if you go back to last season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, I call her Maggie Grace. What was uh, – Faith was her name. Mm-hmm. I, I liked them together for that one season because I was like, this is fun, and then he'll find his way back to Karen. But I never thought that they, that would last. I actually think there's that, that there's be, something yeah. with Julia and Hank, which is what's scaring me so much. And maybe they're trying to make a point right now showing that there isn't a, the one. There are many mm-hmm. the ones, and sometimes you end up with somebody you didn't expect to end up with many years later. That could be where they're going, and it scares the shit out of me. I think Julia, you know, she said the whole irresponsible irresponsibility line, but I think the thing that Julia is so attracted about Hank, uh, she, why she's so attracted to Hank is because the the way he treats Levon, you know, the way he is helping Levon. Levon seems like he's the happiest he's ever been. Right. And Julia as a mother wants to see that for her son. Of course. And to her, that's like the most attractive thing in the world. And, you know, that could be enough, you know. Well, he's so different now too. Yeah. If you look at him from beginning of the season to where he is now, I know it's slightly le- he's slightly less moral as from what we can see from her standpoint, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's more of an adult. He's he's more like a 22-year-old guy as opposed to what he was when we first saw him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just that scene at the end where Levon is like, night, mom, night, dad. Yeah. And it was like this family, this little happy family. It's confusing to watch because we never even really saw that with Karen and Becca and Hank. Yeah. It was never this like happy thing. It, it's weird the way he says it. It's almost to make Hank feel uncomfortable, though. Like the way he's like, night, dad, night, mom. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's almost like I don't know if he's doing it because he really feels like this is my father, or if he's just doing. No, it I think he is because it's like an immaturity thing. He's talking out loud. I don't know. I think I think sincere. Hank and Karen's relationship would have been a bit better if they had a son, as opposed to Becca. I think Why? Hank's more of like a. I think Hank's more of like a father son kind of guy, not a father daughter, because he doesn't understand really. Well, he's the best friend, dad. You yeah. know, there's a difference between yeah. that dad who's like really gonna lay down the law and and make all these rules and watch out for you and then there's the kind of dad who's like figure it out yourself and when you need my when you're in jail call me and i'll bail you out hank's the good time parent yeah julia is the one that you know it's easy like for levon to like hank because hank's cool hank smokes pot with him hank talks about girls hank gets him a hooker it's hard to be julia you know what i mean julia has to lay down the law so it's like it's hard to be karen yeah and Karen's always been the one who, you know, it, it's a little different because with a daughter, like you're saying, he's like, guys touching my daughter, uh-oh. But yeah. that's just who Hank is. He's that fun time. And and I think that as long as you have one parent who's one, then maybe you can have another who's another. So do we think Becca's coming next next episode? Oh, I, I mean, it's almost so. it's like over halfway through the season, and we haven't they haven't really. Yeah, even Phil, how many alluded. episodes are they doing for this season? Twelve, twelve. So okay, like so it's normal. So we got episode eight. And yeah, eight, nine, ten, eleven, five episodes left. I mean, it would probably be the biggest disappointment in the entire world if Becca didn't show up soon. We oh, they'll show her. It, I just yeah. didn't know how soon they'd show her. Right. Um. We keep referencing her. We got to see her. It. Otherwise, it'd be like coming into a broken beer bottle. So, yeah. should we get into predictions? Um, Are you guys, or do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? No, no. So, I, I have two major predictions, and it's an either-or thing. It's one's going to happen, or the other's going to happen. Either A, Becca's going to come, and she's going to be pregnant. Ooh. And, or two, um, Julia's going to die. Whoa. Okay, let's stick with one for a second. Then wow, let's go to two. that's pretty... 
Okay, if Becca comes back and she's pregnant, you mean by her goofy boy that she left with, or just the, by anybody? Just by man? anybody, yeah. You mean she's pulling a Karen and it's just like all cycling over again, or why do you think that that could happen? I just think with with where the show's going, like that would be the one thing that could really pull Hank and Karen back together as a family, would be that kind of situation to happen. Both those predictions seem to lead to Hank being with Karen. Yeah. Okay. Um, Going by what Phil said, it makes sense that he wouldn't end up with Heather. Graham. Yeah, except I don't think the only options are either a tragic, like, pregnancy or a tra- like, hey, those are just- this one's dead. I guess I'm ready to be with you again. Those are just my two predictions, all right, hey, Phil? Steven, you can I have lo- your own predictions, Phil. I love your messed up mind. I love it. Everybody um, does. What, what's the deal, though, with you think her dying, like, in in some freak accident? or I just think she's <laughs> murdered. Doctor, Dr. D murders her. <laughs> You yeah, know, maybe that's what he's going. Oh. I don't know. It's just the the way I see it. I see I see Levon is still so attached to his mom, and I feel like the only way he would kind of grow up and become an adult is if she was taken out of the picture. And I feel like it's kind of he's got this relationship with Hank now, so he would be okay if that happened. Not like okay, but like okay. And I just feel like they're getting so close now that the that it would take a tragedy for Hank to really realize some things and go introspectively discover himself to realize what he needs from Karen and, or it would take Becca and a family emergency like Becca being pregnant. Like, I don't know. It's it, the show kind of avoids the darkness a lot, but this is the last season. They really need like, they really need Hank to be from up here to come back down to earth and really have that self-defining moment for where the show is going to end on. And I think Mm -hmm. Julia She's just in his life enough, and she he cares about her just enough that if that was to happen, it could put him and Karen closer together. Because tragedy brings. Damn, it. you're either gonna be right or wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that in a way, he could smaller, be right and wrong. That's true. I'd love to see that. Um, in a way, way smaller prediction. I think that Levon's gonna read for a role and get it at some point. Um, some small role. I'm a little confused about Hank being a producer of an episode. Writers do that all the time. Yeah, but usually they have expressed interest or something. Like, I feel like he has never wanted that at all. I feel like it's because he wrote the script and they kind of, they're going to give it to him for that reason. They're going to be like, hey, like, we want to get more of your feel on this show. Maybe something like like, that. Or maybe it's hashtag black that throws it on there. What do you guys think about the fact that we basically see next week Hanks having sex with that actress chick that he went down on? I mean, she wanted it. I don't know. We're <laughs> yeah, it makes all hope of you thinking like like for like anybody who actually thought at the end of that episode that Julia and him would yeah. end up together. Then you see you know him hooking up with the actress again. So I don't know. Um, Maybe some people just can never be. Uh, will will always be with many women. I mean, it's also Hollywood has that whole stigma of well, we didn't have the exclusives talk. Yeah, like every everybody has that. Like I dated a girl for like five months here, and we didn't have the exclusive talk, so she slept with somebody else. It's like. But five months yeah we didn't have the exclusive talk so it's cool so that's like an la thing too so i don't know if they're gonna if he can play on that because i mean that's been hank's thing too because with heron they were exclusive and he cheated on her but like everyone else he's never really had that i'm seeing you and nobody else does that make sense yeah because i mean he's he's he slept with julia but even though they have chemistry what's that to really set her apart from every other woman he slept with once so just the ignorant little girl that i am sometimes he did just sleep with julia they, We're they assuming so. Sex. I'd yeah, say yeah. this. I'd say. I'd yeah, say because in the in the uh, next episode, something about you're just inside of me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, and she said I'm not taking no for an answer. So yeah, we assume. Got it. So I don't know. 
Any any other outlandish predictions from anyone? No, I don't really have any outlandish. Steven, you just killed the game today. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to kill Heather Graham, but I mean, <laughs> I don't. I see her as kind of expendable for the series. No, oh, totally, especially because it's the last season. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for watching. This has been Californications After Show here at AfterBuzz TV for Season 7, Episode 7, entitled Smile. I've been your host, Stephen Lemieux. You can find me on Twitter, at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X. Where can we find you, Andreas? You can find me on Instagram, Greek Casanova. Roxy just requested me, so... I really did. Ooh. I hope that you accept. <laughs> Am I going to get that follow back? Possibly. We'll see. That'd we'll find cute. out in about 10 minutes. <laughs> you can find me at Roxy's Dryer. Where can we find you, Phil? Follow us here at AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Thank you guys for joining us, and we will be back next Sunday at uh, 7 p.m. for another Californication After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. Woo! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, motherfucker! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 